Am I doing real data science work? That is a question we hear too often from data scientists, and that's a problem because as long as you are not sure yourself, you can be easily distracted from doing what is really important. In this episode, we share with you what we see as real data science work. It's not a popular definition because it gets outside the bubble of data science blog posts, but it will show you a clear direction on how to create meaningful impact in the real world. Now, one more thing before we get into this episode: if you have gone through courses, tutorials, and academic papers, but couldn't apply them in your daily work, you need to learn how to solve data science problems like a detective. This will give you the foundation to build solid technical skills and create value in the real world. We are giving away a few insider's guides on how to develop these data detective skills. We are also sharing new materials and training every week. So visit nds.show today and download them for free. That is nds.show. All right, let's get started. Okay, we were talking about. What is the topic for this episode? And then we have some idea. It all begins with a、uh, observation you have, Nina. Well, it's, I think it's a frequent observation, but also a, a chat I had yesterday with, with a colleague of ours、uh, mm-hmm. who's who's now leading a team of data scientists、uh, and engineers. And、mm-hmm. The main observation, the main question that he said was、uh, basically a complaint from one of the data scientists in his team who wasn't happy. With the type of work that that he was doing,、mm-hmm. so, so、uh, according to this team lead,、uh, he needs work to be done on on, on the data science part,、uh, data related work to be done,、mm-hmm. and the data scientist in the team, while sees the the meaning and the purpose of the work, is kind of not happy with the type of work that that he's doing. So, so in the simplest case, it's like I'm a data scientist who 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 knows, let's say, NLP very well, and then. Uh, why, why should I run, spend my time running queries against a database?、Mm-hmm. It's not like we never heard this complaint before. <laughs> you know, this is not really data science work. Why, why, why I'm spending time on here? So, what is real data science work? What do you think?、Uh, maybe to be more specific, what is data science work in business? So, let's talk about that. I think there's no getting around it that data science is still a new term. I don't think there's any authority that has ever defined it once and for all. It came as this umbrella term to to capture a lot of things, a lot of skills, a, a, this new role, and came with, of course, the lot of buzz around big data and、yeah. and the next generation of AI. Because of that, you need to be clear about what you define as a data scientist and what are the useful definitions of the data scientist for you. So,、mm-hmm. I, when I started working in business, I had to come up with a definition for a data scientist, for practical purposes of hiring, but also for managing expectations about what、uh, people who want to join my team. And the definition I found useful was a pragmatic scientific problem solver. Mm-hmm. So a data scientist for me is someone who's more savvy, more hands-on to, to work with data, to be part of the team that ends up taking a real-world problem and coming up with a solution for,、mm-hmm. for it. And of course, the approach in solving this problem is a scientific approach. It, it's data-driven. It's following a lot of scientific principles and, and of course, problem-solving、uh, principles. How would you summarize it?、Um, I tend to think. Why we need data scientists,、mm-hmm. right? So why are why are businesses hiring data scientists? Any kind of things new, basically fundamentally brings two things: is either 
allow a organization to do something that they cannot do before. So completely new possibility. So for example, if you look into the image recognition, the, the, the object detection, that side of the things, this can fall into that. Then the second perspective is that it allows business to do things more efficiently. So then previously, maybe you would need five people doing some manual work, checking stuff, and you can replace them with an algorithm that is getting the same job done 80 to 90% accurate. And if that is enough, you save a lot of money because people are expensive. So really the way I look at it, very fundamentally, this is why all businesses want data scientists. Mm -hmm. Businesses is all about return on investment. So business say, we are willing to invest this amount of money, either in equipment or in hiring people. And they expect certain things in return. Now, I think what is uh, a little bit different in the case of data science and data scientist community is that because it's quite new and because it has quite high barrier to entry, for a lot of businesses, it's not entirely clear to why specifically or which of the two scenarios they are aiming for. But then human tendency it is that if certain things become a trend, then you know, in a market uh, where you are competing with other companies, then it just becomes an arm race. Then a lot of companies say, okay, we are willing to invest. We kind of know what we want to get out of it. Let's just hire 10 data scientists, build a data scientist team, and see what we get out of it. So what that also means is that if time is going well or the company is at a growth phase, then the two, three years easily, regardless of any uh, specific impact you create, etc., business are willing to make those decisions to invest. But with any investment, at a certain point, business will be expecting return. Mm -hmm. And that is where I start seeing a little bit more and more. So companies start hiring data scientists, building data scientist teams, um, two, three years ago, and now they start asking themselves the question of, okay, how much are we getting out of it, and which of the two scenarios, either new possibilities or better efficiency, what did we get so far, and what do we think is the way to move forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So going back to your original question then, what is data science work? Then linking to return on investment, then I would say, okay, fundamentally, we create certain data, and those data should create real-world impact mm -hmm. in the sense that it allows an organization to do something entirely new. So in the world of online commerce, it probably come out as in, okay, we allow this new feature on the website that previously we were not able to provide. Mm -hmm. Or we become more efficient, which is, okay, by running this prediction algorithm, we were able to reduce the marketing cost by 10%. So at the end, it has to come to this. Now, I would argue anything that you do that contributes to goals like this falls in data science. Mm -hmm. And it could be data wrangling, it could be building models, it could be helping the engineers to put things into production-ready pipelines. To me, it all qualifies. Mm -hmm. 
But I think, correct me if I'm wrong, amongst data scientists, and especially people who come from more academic and research background, the perception is quite different, yeah? Yeah, I've been part of this community as well. I think I can understand this mindset. What you admire, what you look up to is technical prowess, it's knowledge. I mean, most people who become data scientists, they're very curious people. They're typically mathematical people, technical people, and they enjoy the beauty of a good solution, of an elegant algorithm, of an elegant structure that for learning and getting better results. And looking up to these, naturally data scientists uh, or people, many people who want to start doing data science have this image of building the next algorithm. Mm -hmm. But building the next algorithm is not necessarily what a company needs. It might be the special cases or maybe even in completely research-dedicated uh, parts of a company that you become tasked with building the next algorithm. But I have to say, in, in the real world, it, it's rarely the case. It's a small fraction of people who are working with the types of data scientists who are building the next algorithm. And then I think a, a goal be, be, below that becomes successfully applying these algorithms and showing that you can use them. And, and to be honest, many times just name dropping these algorithms and, and saying that I, I know them. I've used this recent <laughs> thing and I checked this. In that sense, I think this mental image, this, this, this set of expectations might put you or lead you to go to a very specific direction of choosing a subset of work or expecting a subset of work to be a good data scientist. So typical data, starting data scientist might really expect to do modeling every day at, at work, to, to be especially predictive modeling uh, or, or maybe some kind of unsupervised uh, modeling at work and then calling that data science. And that way of looking at things I think is very it's, it's missing a lot of the big picture. It's, it's missing a lot of the picture of the scientist problem solver. If you look at yourself as a scientist problem solver, which is, which, which is the image that we are advocating and, and we believe is, is valuable both for you and, and, and the company, then using machine learning or sophisticated modeling is just one of your tools. Depending on the problem that you're working on, you need to choose wisely whether you need this tool or not, or whether it would let you solve the problem in a better way or, or get to better results. And of course, l looking at all the trade-offs that complexity potentially brings to, to your work. But what I want to emphasize is that it's not important at all if you're adding any complexity, any specific level of expertise in machine learning or other things that you're demonstrating with your work. But it's super important that you're a good scientist. And what I, what I mean by that is that you, for instance, ask the most important question. So, so at the end of the day, imagine there's a data scientist, they went to a room, you can't observe them, they come back with their result. It's of least importance what kind of machinery they use to generate that, that result compared to do they come up with the right conclusions? Do they ask the right questions? Can I trust uh, mm -hmm. uh, what, what they output? And can I act based on it? And what would be the impact of using the data, the knowledge, the decisions that, that the data scientists came up with? And I think that is really missed a lot. You, you don't see a lot of blog posts talking about, I did this really simple query to the database and then we increase our sale by 10% or 5% or, or we, we, we caught a really low-hanging fruit that, that, that saved us a lot of money because it's just not sexy. I don't know why, I think, I think it should be, but it's not just immediately in the realm of things that look sexy, that, that people want to imitate. And I think that's the root of probably a, a lot of problems, a lot of dissatisfaction from both sides, from the business as well as the data scientists. 
Yeah, when you talk about frustrations in, in, in the business, I have seen quite often is that data scientists present a result. And then the business part or the product part went through the presentation with the data scientists and found it really difficult to connect that to a real world problem or a real world impact. Or even in the case that they agree on at the beginning of a project, this is the problem we try to solve. I have seen output from data scientists that present things from a data perspective, but then somehow never finish that last step to connect it to the business world. And that step seemingly small is quite important. And I think from a business perspective, because of the high barrier to entry, it's very difficult for most business people to automatically make that jump. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's one of the biggest issues that I also observed, uh, the, the communication part, mm. and also the connection to, to the real problem. Mm. If you consider yourself to be a problem solver, mm. yeah, in, in the end you want to make an impact in the world. Can, you would probably realize that if I have the best numbers, but they stay on my laptop practically because I couldn't convince people that they are good, I, I even couldn't make them understand what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. then you, you make no impact. Then, I mean, this is an extreme case that you do great work, you know it's great, you present it, nobody understands it. What happens is that there's no trust in employing that work. And most of the times, your work will either not be used at all or will, be, will not get the attention that it deserves, even if it's the best work in the world, unless you tell people why it's the best work in the world, how they can use it, and how it connects to the problem that, the, that they're trying to solve. And again, if you look at yourself as a problem solver, or if you're doing data science, if you're doing science, to make change in the world, you realize that it's one of the most important skills that you need to consider adding to yourself, or it's one of the most important steps in the problem-solving uh, set of steps that you're taking to communicate it to people, to, to explain it to people. And I would even go a bit deeper maybe in this specific case that, that, that you mentioned. There, there's something else there as well, that it's safe to show numbers. It's, it's safe to show facts. You can have this huge table of 100 rows by, by four columns, and then present it uh, to people, maybe break it down, or, or maybe just give it to people. And you'd be probably 100% confident that the numbers that are here are correct. But then going one step further and saying, based on these, I think we should do A instead of B. Mm -hmm. Or I think solution C is better than D in this aspect. As soon as you take that step, you put a value judgment there, which need reading of the numbers and making conclusions from them then you're basically opening yourself up to a lot of criticism, to being wrong, to, to being questioned, to being criticized. And that's the scary thing, especially if you're doing intellectual work. Most of the time, you're very sensitive about how you're perceived intellectually, and having intellectual accomplishments are some of your biggest achievements. And then opening yourself up to being questioned and being probably found wrong is quite scary. And I think that's another motivation probably there, that people might tend to stop communicating or not taking that, that final step because, because it's also a bit scary. It's also a bit difficult. It's, it's easy to say, all right, guys, I did my analysis. I did my work. I built my predictive model. Whatever it is you're working on, which is technically challenging as well. And then you come up and say, based on what I did, we should do A instead of B. Mm -hmm. I think that's such an undervalued or underappreciated part, yeah? yeah. 
because in addition to what you say, there is a natural tendency for data scientists to stay away from it because also they can perceive this as if I present numbers, these are factual. But then going one step further, then I move away from the data science, the scientific part of it, right? I don't agree there. That's, that's exactly the thing, because if you look at real-life science, any kind of other science, at a certain point, you need to interpret it. Somebody will need to interpret the results and say the implication is X, Y, Z. And in the business setting that we talk about, that most of the business are quite new in working together with data scientists with high barrier to entry, I think actually it's a very bad idea that you leave that interpretation step entirely to the business side, right? Because then you have very little control, you have very little influence. And if you are not lucky, then you got randomness, which is, yeah, then a lot of hard work you put in didn't get the recognition or didn't create the impact it could have created. You should be ideally the best interpreter of your own work. And stopping with, with, with unfinished work or without conclusions from your work and throwing it over the fence and then waiting for someone else with much less knowledge about the domain, about the work, but also with, with much less probably a statistical or mm-hmm. knowledge seems really counterintuitive to me. But that's what happens in, in, in a lot of places because probably you can mentally check a box. I, I did this thing, I did also cool things, and now it's not my problem anymore. But again, like you said, from the scientist's standpoint, what change did you, did you make in the world? Imagine people working uh, in medicine or, or people who invent vaccines or something. Like they do their study, they, they, they just get the numbers and say, okay, this was the test group, this was the control group, we're done. Mm-hmm. And, and didn't take the step, the next step to make conclusions or maybe even further to actu- actually producing uh, medicine or something. Let's also acknowledge that it's not easy work, right? Taking the extra step yeah. is not easy, it's not effortless. To be able to get to the stage where you say, okay, I'm confident about work, I've gone through the numbers, I really believe that I'm on top of the data of my work here, and this is my recommendation, and then you will get questions, right? And you you should be at a stage that you can quite confidently address most of the questions. So that means you need to probably think about it beforehand and have some preparation there as well. All this requires you to go the extra step. But to me, at least, even if I just wear the business hat on, I think that extra step is probably the most rewarding work you can do in a whole data science project. I hope maybe one day, we don't even call it the extra step. It is just one of the steps. It's just one of the most <laughs> important steps. Yeah? Yeah. We touched upon this a lot. Maybe we don't, we don't get to go to that in detail in this episode. But a lot of people who do data science are coming from research background or, or are fascinated by, by academic research or reading, maybe their master's students themselves, reading a lot of papers, mm-hmm. trying to replicate it. Or, or most often there are PhD, PhDs who just join the work and start working as data scientists. And it's amazing that if you look at what we do in research in academia, these are all there and are expected from a good researcher. For me, for instance, one of the most difficult part of um, and I say I learned it, but one of the most biggest learnings I had uh, as a researcher was that it's super important how I motivate my work, how I give context about my work. It's my duty to convince people this is good work and to keep repeating it and, and to show proof of it. 
even then it's not still enough unless I write a really good readable paper about it. And these are all accepted facts in the scientific community. Everyone who does research gets to learn this at some point, that even the way that you write a paper can dramatically affect the kind of reviews you get uh, about it or, the, or, or the, your chances for acceptance. And it is kind of your responsibility as well as a scientist, or as any communicator, to try your best to communicate your message in the most reachable way for people, in the most understandable, in the most clear way for people to, to provide enough context around it. And you get punished fast there. Yeah? So if you, if you don't provide enough context when, when you're writing your paper, if you don't mention enough times and clear enough why this is important, why is the problem it's solving important, why is the solution uh, important, what benefits does it have to what is existing out there, you just don't get published. And not getting published as a researcher, especially for a long time, I think is one of the most painful things because that's in the end kind of your check mark or one of your first check marks. Could you publish your work? In a way, it's quite similar in a way in business, but we tend to forget that when, when we come to work in business. And maybe it's this kind of high horse or maybe just this huge gap between data scientists and the rest of the organization. Or maybe just our way of thinking of it, that we consider the meat of my work is running this deep neural network and, get, and getting results out of it, but I don't have to convince people why it's good because they don't understand it anyway, and, and uh, I, I'm, I'm not obliged to talk about why the result is good because it's a deep neural network. And I think these are really one of some of the biggest mistakes uh, you can make as a data scientist. Yeah, I think you got away with that with one meeting or the second <laughs> meeting, but then at a certain point, people will ask the question yeah. of, so where's the return on investment? Linking back to the research and academic world, any research need to be paid by somebody. Absolutely. And because of that, they do expect that the research has relevance and you can articulate that and your research are gearing towards certain directions that people think it's good enough for me to give you money. Absolutely. In business, it's fundamentally the same idea. Investment, expecting some returns. Absolutely. I think, like I mentioned before, I do start seeing that in businesses, there are more and more realization of this. I think it depends on which business you are in, what industry you are in. This point of getting people start thinking and asking more about what is the return on investment on the data science work, that will become more and more as, as time goes. I also don't want to sound scary. It's not like, okay, if you are a data scientist, you do the work and it's, you're all on your own and you need to prove everything, right? Think about the people you work with. If you help them understand why your work is helping them to solve their problem, mm -hmm. they will be your best advocate. Absolutely. It's not all on you. If you know on the business side what problem they are trying to solve, you point it out to them and you got good advocate on your side and that would be a very good setup. Okay, before we close off this episode, if one of the audience is listening to this and feel that, oh, I've not think about this return on investment thing for uh, data scientists in my business, what is the best thing they can do to help them get closer to that? If you haven't really thought about uh, the ROI of business and your data science work, I think it would be a really good chance to start painting a bigger picture. It could be just a picture you draw on a piece of paper, literally of where does your work sit in the value chain of the organization you're busy in and what problems does it solve or is, what problem is it part of solving for your organization and honestly try to track how does it lead to money 
Because I think it's a, it, it, it's a great exercise. Yeah? It's, it's a great exercise. Maybe it's a very indirect path from the work you're doing to money. Maybe, maybe you, you even fail to establish it if your nature of your work is very uh, innovative or very much in the research phases of finding solutions. But I think it's a, it's, it's a very illuminating exercise to do so. First of all, it, it makes you to know uh, a lot better how your organization makes money, which is, which is always an important factor if you're working in an or, uh, or organization. And it also lets you to see the paths that your work, your department, your group has into the solutions and the problems that your organization is, is busy with. If, if you have users or customers uh, for your website or for, for whatever kind of company you have, see what is the link between your work and the final customer or, or the final user. That's a pretty good exercise, and you might find a, new, a lot of more new opportunities about what kind of work you might do, and even get the chance to work on more exciting projects. A few times we have done this, and also I have done it with other data scientists. Every time I come out of it learning something new and knowing something that I didn't know about the business and uh, uh, our work before. So highly recommend it. And uh, um, if you're a data scientist, find a business person to do this with you. That Absolutely. will give you an easier start or vice versa. Absolutely. So great. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. Just one last thing before you go. If you are not a data scientist yet, but want to become one, you should really attend our webinar. We will demystify the transition into data science We'll show you the most effective way to build your skills and we'll advise you on the four possible options you can take to go from where you are to landing a data science job in as little as nine months. Find out more at nds.show forward slash webinar. That is nds.show forward slash webinar. All right, that's the end of this episode. Have a nice day.